Chapter 5 Pinky turned right and then made a sharp left, taking us out of the hallways and into a scene right out of a sci-fi series. It was a street jammed with market stalls, shoppers, and sellers. Both shoppers and sellers mostly being of the green and red variety. The sound of the market was a loud cacophony jumbled together with grunts and cries of the beasts being used as haulers and transportation, and not one of them looked like a horse, cow, or even a camel. All of the beasts walked on two legs, and most of them kind of looked like a very large frog had lost its webs and grew into a land animal. Overhead, I heard whining and looked up. The orange sky was busy with airplanes, except these didn't use wings. There was a variety of shapes, but they all had one thing in common, the same sort of jewel I saw in the hallway. But in a line along the undercarriage, these were all larger and glowed with a variety of colors, gold, green, blue, and white. One immense craft scudded past overhead, its jewels glowing a vibrant purple. I turned to look at where we'd cut off from. It had the look of being a massive palace blended with a Roman-style coliseum. Towers reached skyward along with the bulk of the primary structure that had to hold the compound that we'd left behind. I saw figures, all of them red, walking along unseen passageways or ledges. They were armed, so probably guards? Where do we go from here, I asked. A few of the locals turned to look our way when I spoke. We need to pass through the marketplace, Mickey said. Please, Arthman, do not speak out loud for... Mm, it isn't allowed. I stopped, turned, and glared down at the little fellow. He wilted just a bit. What's this... Dnipth? It had best not be something I find insulting, I hissed. Pinky fidgeted again, just a little. It means, he paused, your language is a hard one. So many words mean different things. Go on, I said. What do you call one who is owned by another? He asked, flinching again, just a bit. Slave, I growled. All right, I added. I'll keep quiet. Let's just keep walking then. I'd seen the looks we were getting from the locals. They didn't like the idea of this Dnupth speaking up. I did not have a lot of choices. Most of them involved me acting like the mighty Kong while tearing their city down until their air force put enough in me to topple me from the skyscraper. Not much of a choice, really. The alternative was to play it smart, keep quiet, until I was someplace I could talk without upsetting folks too much. Several of the stall owners and a few of the shoppers muttered various things as we made our way through the market. From the tone of things, none of it was complimentary. Instead of having a defined border, the market sort of thinned out as we made our way into what could be best described as the Aries version of an urban neighborhood. Everything, and I mean everything, was built of the same dun-colored stone. Whoever had set up the school of architecture here had been fixated on blah and then added another layer of blah to enhance the effect. Then they decided to cram about three times the amount of locals into the place that it could comfortably hold. Yeah, that sure worked. We continued to the end of the block. Do they call him that? And then we turned to the right into a wide, shallow curve 
along with a mix of plain blockhouses, basically cubes with windows to end up staring at a building that stood out mostly because of its difference from everything else around it. Instead of the blah, dun color of every other building in the road, this one was red, like the rock in the Grand Canyon. Past the edge of the roof, I could see a mountain range and beyond that peak of what had to be a volcano. More of the small flying machines went zipping by. It was weird not hearing the sound of a jet or a prop. Pinky pointed at the red building and said, Answers are in there. Lay on, Macduff, I said. Pinky turned to look up at me, confused. What does that mean? he asked. Never mind, I said. I looked down at the girl. She was still looking up at me, even though she'd stopped talking. I added, Might as well get this over. Come on, Pinky. I quickened my pace, leaving the little guy to follow, asking, Pinky, what is this Pinky? Something bounced off my back. I turned to see your typical outraged mob. It seemed that certain types of behavior are universal. This mob had almost all the boxes ticked. Raised fists, angry expressions, and shouted demands. I couldn't understand any of what they were calling out, but demands all sound the same and usually cover the same agenda. I muttered, typical. Typical? Pinky asked. What is typical? That. I pointed at the crowd as they snarled and growled back. Seems your planet isn't all that different from mine. They are angry about the sacrilege, he said. They are demanding the return of the sacrifice. Another stone came lofting my way. I snatched it out of the air and cocked my arm. I easily held the girl with my left. I could have held her family just as easily. Dak, no, please do not, he cried out. I lowered my arm. And why should I? I growled. Because they can't hurt you even if they try. You will kill them by not trying. Don't you hate it when someone makes sense? I dropped the stone and turned my back on the mob and then walked up the door of the red building. Surprisingly, this one did have a real door, complete with a handle. I put my shoulder against it to see if it was locked. It wasn't. It swung inward smoothly at the least effort. And then I walked right into the set of Casablanca. All right, I might be exaggerating a bit, but if you'd ever been there, you would have seen it too. Really, the only missing element was the piano player. You had the low desert ceilings, the arched openings into the other rooms, and the long curving bar just to your right as you walked down the steps into the bar central. There was even greenery, plants and planters, and small round tables for intimate conversations. I have expected to see a fat man in a white linen suit holding court over in the corner. What I did see was a more mixed collection of the races than I had outside. At least a quarter of those sitting at the tables or standing at the bar were more my shade than red or green. I did not see a single pink. Oh, Fenwick, you brought guests. The voice whipped my head around, mainly because I understood it, but also because it had a certain accent I knew as well as I knew my own. Standing in an alcove across the room to our left stood a tall, bald, oriental man. He was smiling through a short Fu Manchu mustache, showing white teeth with a gap in the middle of the uppers. He was wearing a very nicely cut suit, common in the better areas of the business back home, but this wasn't back home. There wasn't even earth. 
From the way his shoulders rose to meet his neck, this guy wasn't shy on the muscles. Pinky bowed. I would have thought a bend like that impossible considering his bulk and said, Yes, honored, Earl Rid. An Arthman and... He paused long enough for one of the guy's eyebrows to rise. A rescued sacrifice from the temple floor. Hmm. So that wasn't a compound but the floor of their temple? Our oriental greeter looked back at me and said, Oh, really? Now that is interesting. Then he nodded at Pinky. You can go now. After Pinky left the bar, I asked, Who are you? My name, good sir, he said, giving me a cat-tooth grin from behind an oriental squit, is Mars, and this is my bar.